0: Hello, everyone. I am Dr. Megan Miller, and this is Difficult Discussions number five. I'm going to do our like my little standard intro for everyone that's attending with us on Zoom and that's watching live on Facebook. So, welcome to Di- Difficult Discussions number five on science. I am Dr. Megan Miller and i'm pleased to welcome adrian bradley and stephanie bolden as our two primary panelists for tonight however anyone that's joining us from the collective that would like to chime in in the chat or with your microphone please feel free to do so after we each go through um, what we have to say for for each question the purpose of difficult discussions is to bring together people with different perspectives and different identities to share their perspectives on a topic that is typically considered taboo to discuss, seen as controversial, and or is well accepted, but may uh, maybe should involve more critical analysis and discussion. The format for these events is as follows. In part one, I keep losing my thing because I have to admit people, um, none of the panelists will directly respond to anything um, the other panelists say except in part three. That may vary now that we have like more people involved. um, But in part one, each person Um, briefly shares any identities they are comfortable sharing and indicates why they wanted to discuss this topic. In part two, each person will provide about a five to 10 minute explanation of their history and perspectives with the topic. Part three, each panelist will briefly reflect on one thing said by one of the panelists to share an aha moment or something that they hadn't considered before. In part four, each panelist will share a closing thought about the topic, this might be an action item or a key point they want listeners to carry with them, et cetera. It's also important to note that the views and opinions expressed in these difficult discussions videos are those of each individual person and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of any affiliated company or professional organization. Um, Thank you to everyone who is joining us live for this discussion. Please remember that each of the individuals sharing within this discussion are sharing their own personal stories and perspectives, and we expect everyone to be treated with respect, empathy, compassion, and civility. We will do our best to monitor the chat and anyone who is engaging in a manner that is not respectful of the discussion that does not demonstrate a commitment to listening to learn. Sharing perspectives and or is focused on making people wrong will be removed from the discussion. So thank you everyone for being here. So tonight's topic is science. Um, The first question is just to briefly introduce yourself with any identities, you would like to share and tell us why this topic so we didn't talk about this ahead of time, Adrian and Stephanie. Sorry about that. We don't have to go in any particular order. Do, does one of you want to answer that first? Introduce yourselves first. I can also go if needed.
1: <laughs> I, I can go. I'm good. Okay. Um, so hi, guys. My name is Stephanie Bolden. I'm um, writing pronouns are she, her. Some of the identities that I have um, let's see, there is mother, behavior analyst, lifelong learner, uh, HBCU graduate, Florida Tech alum, now teacher, right? Um, and the list goes on and on, I guess. Uh, and so those are my identities, or at least some of them. Um, why this topic? So, I mean, mostly because oh, mostly because I'm a scientist, right? So it's important for me to be able to talk about science, the importance thereof. But also, I think for, for right now, even, um, when I think about the lack of respect that I think overall not in our field right No, because we're all scientists and we get it but for our for the world society as a whole I think the lack of respect that we're giving science at present is a problem Um, you know mostly with COVID but with other things as well so for me I think it's important that we talk about this and we really think about science as a way not just to um, engage and interact or behave within our science but also our worldviews and the problems of such so that's where i'm at that's why i think this topic is important
0: awesome thank you stephanie sure adrian do you want to go next or do you want me to yeah i can go
1: um my name is
0: adrian bradley
2: i am a
0: millennial black woman
2: um some of the ways that i identify outside of those is i'm a teacher um a partner, and I like I like to now start saying that I'm a leader, because then I can start believing it. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but the reason why this topic was important to me was number one: um, as a scientist, I have been very connected with science and data. More so than other things, um, particularly um, my spirituality and what that looks like, and how science plays a role into that. And um, I, I went through some struggles, you know, it's currently still going through some struggles with that. Um, but also, particularly, why this is important to me is COVID. Um, what COVID did and is doing to the Black community and why it is so very important for us to be listening to the science, but also to understand that my community does not trust the science, and rightfully so does not trust the science. And I want I want it to speak on that and the mistrust that the Black community particularly has when it comes to science and what that looks like historically for us. Um, and also in relations to COVID, you know, we are talking about this vaccine and a large amount of my friends refuse to get this vaccine. And so really also want to bring just a different perspective to them, um, but also have people understand why science is so mistrusted. Um, and especially when we talk about not just COVID, but the science that we do and what that looks like for black and brown individuals getting into services and families trusting ABA and the practitioners that are putting on those services for us.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Adrian. Um, I'm so excited to hear both of you talk more about the things that you mentioned in your why. So for me, mine's kind of similar. um, Well, First I'll do my identities. I'm a cisgender woman, white, neurotypical, heterosexual mother of an almost five-year-old, cannot believe it, and a behavior analyst. Um, Why this topic? Especially over the last year, I've realized that there's a a lot of things um, about science that I've been taking for granted and issues surrounding science and marginalized groups that aren't discussed as they should be. So I thought it would be important to dive in on that and explore. Um, there's definitely aspects that I'm not aware of based on my identity. So um, I'm here to, to learn a lot as well, I do believe. So um, if anyone that's watching live wants to share, um, you know, why you, you attended, you don't have to do it on the microphone, but if you want to type it in the chat and just like what you're hoping you know we talk about with this discussion, keeping in mind that on difficult discussions, we're trying to dive in on things that typically aren't discussed and look at some of the critical aspects of things and, and how we can have those conversations. So feel free to type in the chat if you wanna share anything about why you decided to attend tonight, besides just wanting to see um, our amazing faces. <laughs> so question number two is, what is each person's history with science? Um, and feel free to touch on anything relating to science. So if you want to talk more about the COVID vaccine or vaccines in general, history of, um, or misuse and abuse of science, especially with marginalized groups, advantages and disadvantages of science, et cetera. So I'll do the same thing as before. Um, I can definitely go first, but Stephanie or Adrian, if one of you would like to go first, you are more than welcome.
2: Yeah, I can, I can go first. Okay. Um, <laughs> My my history with science has actually been really good. Um, one of the things I always knew was that I liked science. I was the little girl that liked to mix all the things and make things blow up and, and make the fake volcanoes. So like that's where science kind of sparked my interest but particularly the science of the human body for me. Um, in college I Was I wanted to be a physician assistant, Um, I wanted to work in orthopedics, and clearly doing something totally different at this point, but still, I am in the realm of science, and where I fell in love with science was actually out of a really difficult time. Um, My father had passed away when I was 20, and I was in the middle of college, and when he was passing I had just took a pathophysiology class like two weeks before it just ended it so all of that was fresh in my brain and so it really science helped me in grieving and to really understand what happened to my dad because um, it was very sudden and so that's where I started diving more into science and um, fell in love because I could explain it was an explanation for me. It was something that was like 1 plus 1 equals 2. And it will always be. And it was just very factual to me. And I had a hard time kind of understanding abstract thought and what that looked like when I couldn't see it and I couldn't experience something. Um, and that's that's really what science kind of did for me. Um, But as I was diving more into science and what that looked like, I also read um, the story of Henrietta Lacks. And from there, that really opened my eyes to the scientific trauma that the Black community has been experiencing for hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, And then it also really opened me up to why African Americans and black individuals mistrust science so much Um, and if you haven't read that book the uh, story of Henrietta Lacks please read it it is about a woman I think she had sickle cell Stephanie am I right sickle cell and um there wasn't you know not a cure but what happened was the doctors put her through numerous experiences experiments. Um, They took her blood and her blood has single-handedly produced almost every medicine (laughs) that we have today to combat everything. And yet her family got nothing. Her family did not know that her blood was taken, that she had, you know, been put through all of these experiments because we wanted to see, you know, what, what, the black body could do, and how we can stretch the black body. Um, bring it back to if anybody reads, you know, the ethics book. Um, it talks about how our own field treated. Black individuals in Miami and what even triggered us to have a code of ethics, what even triggered us, oh, maybe we need some guidelines. It was the trauma that was put on Black individuals to abuse us, to beat us, all for the sake of science, right? We were traumatized for the sake of science and we continue to be traumatized. You look at the um, JSRP or JRS, I don't know. I can't even remember their name because I try to get them out of it. But um, the people that do electric shock therapy still, and ABAI still supports them. They disproportionately traumatize Black individuals. And the facts are on their website. They put the demographic information. And yet again, we're saying that the Black community should trust science. And that's where my motivation comes from in making sure that I understand the science so I can educate my friends in groups that aren't traumatizing us that aren't abusing us Um and it's 2021 and it, it is still occurring today.
0: Thank you Adrian. Stephanie do you want to go next or do you want me to? I
1: can. All right. um, so my history with science when I think about it I immediately I feel like it's complicated right? Because simply because I am a lifelong learner. When I say that, I mean, I've always enjoyed to read. I'd rather read than watch television. Um, I'd rather converse with people who have information to pour into me and whom I can also pour information into. And so I think as a child, it was really impactful for me to read and learn about science, but also it's complicated because as a believer or someone who has like their own spiritual path to go through, um, sometimes what I believe, right, the things I have faith in are also directly um, at odds or in an opposition to science. But not only that, it's a matter of like, the more you read, the more you know, the more I learn about science, the more I feel like science has really failed me and my people, right? Marginalized groups. I feel like it's just like, I feel like we've been disadvantaged at every turn. And so my relationship with science was just a matter of, Mm, Yeah, I'm going to stay as far away from that as I possibly can, whether it's going to the doctor or what have you, right? I'm just, this is not really what I'm about. I can learn about it, but I don't think I really want to actively participate in that. Um, and it wasn't, I think, until I was much older and ready to go transitioned into graduate school, because I fell in love with behavior analysis, that I wanted to be more involved with science, right? Um, much like what we've already discussed. Um, studies like the Tuskegee Airmen, studies about Black women who have been operated on without pain medication, because as Adrian said, right, you want to see just how far the Black body can stretch. Like, that is for lack of a better word, that's flipping mad. Like, what kind of person do you have to be to say, I know that this is painful, but I think because you're Black, you should be able to tolerate it, right? Like, and so I think science has failed me more than it, ha- I shouldn't say more, I think science has failed me and other marginalized individuals just as much as it has given me life as a behavior analyst, right? um so for me it's complicated (laughs) and then you have so and then if we want to like Present day, right? If we're talking about COVID, like the data shows us one thing, right? We all we all know, I don't have to say it again. Like we all know that COVID is disproportionately affecting black people and other marginalized groups. Like we get it because of the types of jobs that that typically that black people have, so on and so forth, right? But also that people are ignoring the data, right? And doing their own thing. So it's complicated. I believe in data, I believe in analyzing it, but I think sometimes like keeping it real with data just goes wrong (laughs) right To to put it simply and so it's complicated something that I can love so much I also have such a disdain for at times um and I think that's where I'm at
0: Thanks, Stephanie, for sharing. I'm looking forward to the discussion where we'll dive in a little bit more. And of course, for those of you watching on Zoom, feel free to chime in as well. I'm gonna go ahead and share um, my answer. So for me, um, my history with science, as far back as I can remember, I have valued science and um, especially having objective data for decision-making We talked about research in the last difficult discussion. And I think there's a lot of overlap, obviously, between research and science. So I didn't want to repeat all the things I said in the previous one, number four. Uh, But I did have a few things that have been coming up for me recently about science. So one of them um, is how much weight some people give to science without critical analysis. So there's just like this automatic assumption that science must be good. Right. So like, there's no, you know, you lose that philosophical doubt and it's just like, Oh, just because like there was a publication or the person is a scientist, um, they're within medicine or whatever, they're automatically an expert. They're automatically looking out for the best good of every person. How dare could someone say that they might be abusive or harmful or like not doing things in the best interest of the, the research participants. And like, we all have um, whether we're behavior analysts or doctors or whatever, you know, we're all always operating in the most ethical way to protect our consumers and all of that kind of stuff. Like there's this like um, high pedestal that people are held up on merely out of the fact that they're involved in science. Um, and I think that's obviously dangerous. And, um, and we've seen quite a few examples of that. Um, and, and sometimes it's not about, it's not like it's intentional necessarily, but there's different values, right? So like a lot of the time scientists are, they have their research questions and they have their things that they're trying to figure out. And sometimes that tunnel vision, like they're so over-focused on accomplishing their goals, it can happen at the expense of the people that they're trying to serve. So I think sometimes this like blind, um, respect and trust for people, um, within the scientific community is, is not necessarily good. Um, but then there's the flip side of all of that, which is the flat out rejection of science by other people. Um, and I think one of the keys to connecting with the the folks who flat out reject science is going to be more transparency and coming to terms with the harm that science can cause. Like those of us who are so excited about science, if we keep holding it up on this pedestal and acting like it could never do harm that like feeds right into the people who think science is crap, right? Cause like we easily prove their point and then they don't trust it at all. So if we can balance um, having, making sure that we're, uh, sorry, I forgot my tea. <laughs> so if we can balance, making sure that, um, that we are, you know, critically analyzing and being having philosophical doubt and, and really being truthful and humble, about what we're doing. Um, I think that that should be able to cut out some of it, but obviously more needs to go into what I tend to see for the folks that don't value science is a lot of mockery and like making fun of people. Like how how could they possibly not believe that and that kind of stuff. And it's like, what, what is that gonna get you? <laughs> how is that gonna accomplish anything? Like when and ever of the history of anything did someone change their mind because somebody made fun of their viewpoint? Like that, that hasn't ever worked. <laughs> so like, what are we doing as scientists to better understand the folks who don't value science um, or who like, you know, are pointing out the harmful things that science is doing um, to then shift and improve our practices so that we can have more people valuing science. Um, And then, I mean, I could talk about this for so long, but obviously you get the whole, like, I think some other people posted about this as well, but um, there's a lot of, you know, fake news and like fear mongering. And there's, there's some really great people I don't mean the people are great necessarily, but there are people who have figured out how to portray science in such a scary way um, that it's like, you know, how do you counter that and how do you compete with their basically like marketing strategies of misinformation? Um, and, and what do you do about that? Um, I don't have an answer necessarily. And then the third one that's come up for me is the discussion surrounding ABA being harmful. Um, historically, I refer to the fact that behavior analysis is a science, so it, it can't necessarily be harmful. But um, that seems silly to me when we, we see frequently the phrase used in our field that we can save the world with behavior analysis. So if we can supposedly save the world with it, we sure as heck can cause some harm with it too. And I think um, as scientists and um Hopefully, folks who are committed to being ethical and not causing harm, we need to be aware of the research that exists because there's research. (laughs) It's out there. It's not in Java. It's not in the journals that we would normally see. It's not even published in the forms that we would normally consider high standards of research. But that doesn't mean that people who um, have perspectives on this won't be referring to that and valuing it. And it doesn't mean we shouldn't understand it and be familiar with it. Um, But that's not the point of tonight's talk, Uh, we'll have a separate difficult discussions diving in on that. But I did want to at least bring it up as like one of the things that has come up for me recently about science. So those are mine. Um, Feel free again to type in the chat. You know, there's a few resources that have been shared and I appreciate that I'll be sharing those on the Facebook Live too. So we just have two more parts um, that we'll go through. Um, We'll probably do part three and then sort of pause and see if anybody that's on wants to chime in with their own thoughts about science, um, kind of have a little bit of back and forth discussion. And then before we close out, um, Stephanie, myself and Adrian will do part four, which is just like, what are the action items? What do we do with this information? So part three is just a reflection. So this is where we're going to be a little bit more responsive to one another. So what's something that one of the three of us just said that you're kind of reflecting on right now. It might be like a, a, yes, I agree. Or it might be like, oh, I never knew about that before. Could you know, I'm, I'm glad you shared that with me. I'm gonna go learn more about it. Um, so just something like you maybe haven't considered previously and you, you learned something new. Um, so Stephanie or Adrian, do one of you wanna go first on that?
1: Listen, I'm already muted. Cause I wanna say something. <laughs> I'm already unmuted. Um, because I wanted to just highlight like something you said really was so impactful, I think, for well, I hope for everyone here, but just in general, like I wish more people would say this, that the research or the data, the data that you would need to be looking at is not gonna always be published in Java or or Jeb or like those places. Like Sometimes the things we need to be looking at are in, are, we pull from other fields, we pull from um, individual experiences of others, right? Something I think I'm probably having to say off often and far more often than I want to is that you should consider people's lived experiences the most valuable and valid um, empirically valid data data that you can get your hands on right because these things have happened to them and so it's so important that we say that we say it loud and we say it often because I think as scientists especially in our field we Dare I say, tend to be a little bit arrogant, um, like you said, and and we don't necessarily always see that what we are doing has the potential to cause harm, and and I'm not just talking about like even within our practice, but just how how we go about our science in general, right? And I think it's so important that we realize that we realize that we say it and then we make ways to rectify it like if any if anyone can we most certainly can we have all the tools in our toolbox right so I thought that was really that was really important to me and I could not sit on it any longer (laughs) not that it was that impactful but I needed to affirm that with a yes 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 and yes again and I feel you and I'm with you and yes um but also like we need to just like you said, we need to shift our practices, right? That's, that's the other thing. We need to shift our practices in a way that is going to be effective for exactly that. Um, and then I think Adrian, the thing that you said that resonated with me so much because like sometimes we, we don't realize, well, first of all, I feel like every time I talk to you, I feel like I find out something new that we have in common, right? But as, as scientists, I think it is really taboo to talk about how our personal beliefs oppose what we believe as scientists, right? And it, I think it is often very hard for me to say out loud, especially in a public forum like this, because it, sound, it seems something that is very personal and kind of arrogant of me to say even now, but unique to me, but it's not, right? Like spirituality is not unique to me as an individual, and having, the sci- having science directly oppose that is not unique to me. And so when you talk about that, I just want, really, I just want you to know, I feel you. <laughs> and I understand, right? And on some other day in some other format, like we really need to get together and discuss this. But I'm, I'm so grateful for you. And your ability to always push me past what I feel like is my comfort zone and to make space, not like, not just for me, but for other people. Because again, like, I feel like that is something that is very personal, but you sharing it makes me feel more comfortable and makes me feel like le- like less awkward about it. Um, So I really appreciate that. And then you always share really good resources. And I'm going to stop talking because not just because you've unmuted, but also because my time is up.
0: Um, So I'm pretty sure we're not timing this, but okay.
2: (laughs) Don't box us in with time, Megan. (laughs) Um, First of all, Stephanie, like you already know what I want to say. So (laughs) I'm just going to leave it there before I start crying. But particularly the, the aspect of talking about spirituality and science, right? And for those who may not be aware, the church in the black community is like the foundation. right? This is like, that is what we had to cling to. That was the only thing our ancestors had was the church and was their their new religion that was put on them but we can talk about that later um but that was the only thing that they had at the end of the day right themselves and their being and the church and so what that has now manifested in in 2021 is that you go to church before you go to therapy You go to church before you even talk to your friends. You go to church before you get on a Zoom call at nine o'clock at night to talk about spirituality in the Black community. You don't talk about that here, right? But it is so very important for us to understand when it comes to how we connect with science and the struggle that we also have in this conflicting thought. And that's not even... You know, that's not just unique to the black individual, that's unique to just anybody who is in touch with their spirituality, who, you know, follows any type of faith, is kind of that conflict. And it doesn't get brought up a lot, but um, Baba just had a CEU at seven o'clock today with Dr. Malika Pritchett. And that's what she talked about, how ABA and the science it's connected to spirituality and how maybe we shouldn't, it's not a taboo to talk about when we talk about science, but where are we opening the door to bring that in? Because at the end of the day, it does have something to do with science. There is a connection and there is something that you know needs to be had there. I'm not saying spirituality in relations to behavior analysis even though she definitely did a great job connecting it so anybody who is interested in that definitely reach out to her but um, spirituality and science have a connection and particularly within marginalized groups or anybody that um, b- follows their face and Faith and is connected with their religion and spirituality and whatever you name it. Um, I welcome that conversation because I definitely want to unpack that even for myself. Um, so Stephanie, thank you for saying that, and we can definitely unpack that. <laughs> um, one of the things, Megan, that that you said was uh, fake news and science and one of the things that has just really kind of shocked me um, is the fact that science could be attacked like that, that it is possible for someone or a team of people to market that the science and the facts aren't true. Like that boggles my mind. I never really was able to connect with that, but you talk about fake news and media and, RFT is is in this example right and we talk about the conditioning that the media can do to deter ourselves away from what we know is true right and media um, on both sides of the fence I know you guys already know what I'm talking about Um, but I never thought that science could be attacked like that Dr. Fauci um, said it you know, after he got a new boss, (laughs) um, that he also was like, science was under attack for four years, you know, you saw protest, protest, protesting about the fact that science is fact, like how, like, really think about that. Like how mind boggling is that, that someone could really condition people to believe that science is fake and that we don't need to believe anything that is said unless it comes from this backdoor website that nobody knows exists, <laughs> you know? Um, so that really stood out to me. Um, the last thing that kind of stood out to me, um, particularly what's going on in our field in an area that I'm trying to improve upon is recognizing that our, our ABA science can be harmful and has been harmful. Um, And understanding that we need to listen to the perspective of the people that we have harmed. And how do I in confidence uphold that? Because I'm dismantling what my supervisor has taught me and how to conduct ABA. But how do I encourage myself to, to speak up to other people? Um, who want to have a podcast show talking about the fact that we shouldn't be listening to their perspectives and that our science is not bad how do I gain the confidence in um, talking to those people who believe that our science is perfectly fine and nothing needs to change um, so those are some things that definitely stood out to me
1: I know it's not my turn but can I just say oh go, go. <laughs> um you embrace courage that's how you do it and you keep doing what you're doing like keep like if you need to say you're a leader for you to believe it like that's fine but I already know you are so I can say it here too and I can record it for you and send you the audio you could play it every day and it'll be fine. But you continue to be the kind of leader that people want to follow, right? That's how you do it. You embrace courage and you lead by example and you continue to speak up, you continue to take up space and you continue to lead the way with grace, right? That's how you do it. So basically just do exactly what you're doing that you don't realize, right? Like keep operating in whatever like just keep operating in whatever excellence you seem to be tapping into.
2: Your That's excellence. <laughs> I tap into your excellence. Anyways, it's not a love No, <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
2: Megan's turn. I'm
1: sorry, Megan. It's
0: fine. It's fine. Um, so yes, yeah, so thank you. I've had a lot of um aha moments while both of you were talking. Um, Stephanie, the spirituality piece. Um both the first time you talked and then when you gave your reflection, I, I like, again, I, I know some a little bit about the importance of church and, um, but I didn't have it on, I didn't understand it at that level. So I appreciate you going into detail on that and explaining it. Um, and I think that's something that we have to keep in mind as scientists, especially if we're trying to engage with multiple individuals. Um, if you come at, I mean, at, cause I've seen <laughs> quite a few, I mean, there was a talk at ABAI one year called all behavior analysts are atheists. That was the talk. And, um, and I went to it with two of my Catholic friends. I'm agnostic. So, um, and, and they were, Horrified and like stormed out of there, and it was by a, a, a few very prestigious folks in our field. Um, and and it it was, oh, anyway, not going to go off track. But I that like what it made me think of is like how like we already talk about um, or we have been recently how um, unwelcoming our field is from like a diversity, equity, and inclusion standpoint. Like, could you imagine if? Um, if you're coming into a space with such a strong connection to spirituality and that's been such a big part of your identity and that's one of the talks you see is like three white folks talking about how we all have to be atheists (laughs) like what what's that how's that gonna make you feel you want to stay in the field now Um, so uh, thankfully that was like oh god it's 10 years ago now I think but um, anyway, so that came up for me and I definitely need, I definitely realized there's a lot of learning I need to do just around that, um, that cultural aspect. Um, and then Adrian, you and I have already talked about this, so it wasn't an aha moment necessarily, but just like rehearing about, um, the, the Tuskegee studies and just, I don't, again, I don't know that like a lot of people, are aware of what happened there. Um, and again, when, when, when people are looking at like, well, why are people scared of the vaccine or, or science or going to the doctor and, and you know the story you shared about your dad and all of those things, it's like, um, how do we move past that and, and help shift things? And then the other piece that it brought up for me, and this is a part where I will definitely um, be super open to feedback because I might be stepping out of bounds here. But one of the things that really made me think about is the, those studies were done how long ago? Like over 50 years, right? Yeah. Um, and it's still you know passing down, having that effect, right, for people. So again, when we talk about like ABA having this focus right now where there's folks saying it's harmful and that one of the criticisms is, well, those people never actually receive behavior analytic services. <laughs> It does not matter. The people alive right now, we're not in the Tuskegee studies, <laughs> right? Like it's about like that, the, the way that it gets passed down, right? And like the, the culture surrounding it. So I think that's really important again, because there's a tendency to sort of like brush stuff off and just be like, flippant about it. Like, well, that didn't happen. So we don't need to talk about it but there's clear actual like data <laughs> to show that, the, that there's these real issues or, or ch- changes in responding that exist based on how science has affected certain populations. So we have that history to work off of, like why would we want to repeat that? We should be doing everything we can right now to, to work to be better than, um, than what happened in the past. Um, So even though there may be people criticizing some of the things that our science does, even if they didn't receive our services, we still need to be trying to figure out how we can resolve that. Um, So that, like, I kind of went in a lot of directions with the things you were saying, um, but I I really appreciate hearing about it. Can I say something?
3: Yes, Stephanie. Yeah, I, to say. I We're, we're, we're used to
0: like more like open conver- We're in the open conversation part now, so talk all you want. Anybody from the chat um, panel?
1: I promise, guys, I'm not gonna take a lot of time because I want to hear your thoughts. But like Megan, when I when I heard you talk about like the Tuskegee experiment and stuff like that, what I and and that it's like how long ago it was, right? But yet these things are still being talked about and we still have these very real fears and i think a couple of things are important right um it's really important for us to recognize that the tuskegee experiment was one experiment yep and it was very impactful right but it it was also joined by all these other experiments that were done uh, right you okay so we this is gonna get me in trouble i might get like someone calling the ethics board on me, right? But listen, so we talk about how some behavior analysts have made tons, like buku money on the back of autistics. And I say that because that's what they prefer, right? So I shouldn't have to say that in this form, but whatever. So we talk about that. We talk about how researchers have made tons of money off the backs of autistics. But can we also just take like a comparison frame real quick and talk about how researchers have made a ton of money off the backs of black people and other marginalized groups. And this is just one example of many of how science can be harmful. And when we think about that, when we think about why we're still talking about that and why it's still important. like, So the thing that I think about is like, the reason why we have all of these other things that we talk about or say are important or the the reason why we call a dime a dime right arbitrary applicable relational responding we do it because society deems so right because look so reinforcement contingencies are in play right because we talk about these things with other people and because we keep them important because we're still hurt about that shit like, this is important to talk about that it still affects us, even right now, because people are still scared to go get a vaccine, because you still have, you know, somebody's 80 year old grandmother who's scared to go to the doctor. That's why it's important. That's why we're nervous. That's why we're scared, because these are very real things that have happened in our community. And for so long, nobody wanted to talk about it. And not only that, but because, like, people are affected with no real consequences in play, right? Like, no consequences for that. No one was taken to jail for violating ethics. No one had to pay up in the court a lot to pay. No one was, right? Like, think about that. If it had been if that had been a group of non-black people or mar- a non-marginalized group somebody would have had to pay somebody had to pay somebody but that's just not what happened
2: and to speak on that you know you you said we still have people that are scared to go to the doctor right my grandmother she is 90 she turns 93 next month she's the cutest little thing but honey, when she's got to go to the doctor, it is fighting tooth and nail. It is a three month prep work. She's literally going blind and she's like, "Mm, I got to walk her, (laughs) you know? And what people need to understand is that people take it to that extreme, right? My dad, he knew he was sick. We didn't know he was sick, but he refused to go to the hospital because he's like, doctors don't trust them right we talk about things being so long ago and how do we move forward we're still working through it my grandmother is still alive my dad was 52 when he died 52 young shit, right but also you know you have i have family members even in the latinx community right? And, we, and I know we're speaking on on a lot about the Black community, but there's a lot of mistrust in the Latinx community. There's a lot of mistrust in the Indian community. There's a lot of mistrust in the Asian community, in the Jewish community, because we can definitely talk about the Jewish community and bring that up, right? Like, we say these things are so long ago, but you know what? I'm really not, because it's, it's, it's my mom's generation, the current generation, it's not really that long ago. So I, I just want to emphasize, you know, we, Megan, I didn't know where you were going to go when you said how long ago was it? And I was like, "Ooh, Megan, what you about to say? <laughs> but it's really um, 50 years is, is not a long time. You also made a comment that there was a talk at ABAI 10 years ago, 10 years ago. But we're saying our field is just so advanced. But that was just 10 years ago. We we struggled to find updated articles from 10 years ago. We're still taking articles from 1977. <laughs> you know, I'm putting them into our classes and, and things like that. So, you know, I just want to really emphasize duration of time. Um, but I also want to hear from the audience because I think we're saying some good things and I
0: want to hear from you guys. Awesome. Thanks, Adrian. And I'm like, we won't stay on too much past the hour, but obviously if we go over a few minutes, I'm good with that. I don't know if you two are as well, but um, so if you're nervous about just talking, feel free to raise your hand or you can just talk. Does anyone have thoughts they want to share on the discussion so far? You can answer any of the questions we've asked or just share any of your own like thoughts or reflection points. Yeah.
3: Okay. I'll go. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, this is such a treat again, um, especially coming after Dr. Pritchett's uh, presentation at BABA. And I love the points that you all raised as well as what she raised. Uh, if we are a field of science, if the way we claim, we should never be afraid to talk about these topics. Nothing can be a sacred cow. We have to examine every, uh, each and every one of these topics. I feel... Uh, and there should be no fear around it, um, as well as uh, the ideas that, that she brought out in her talk. Uh, some of them were the great articles that she shared. Like, are we part of the problem or are we part of the solution? Like, uh, you know, we have to examine that. Uh, and especially in our field, that we always uh, are thinking we are the field which is supposed to think of the environment, uh, which influences. Uh, behavior, and yet we write programs, we plan everything only for that individual with autism, or we are not looking at the larger picture of how the rest of the staff is supposed to. I I think we need to have behavior plans for the staff. We need to have behavior plans for the family. How do we engage with this person, not just only go after this? So I I like the point that she had also made in the previous uh, lecture, um, that... You know, analyzing the system, not the victim. Um, That's very important in our field. I think we need to discuss all this more and I love all these points that you all brought up. Thank you. I love that quote. We need to be analyzing the
2: system and not the victim. And I think we take we're so individualized that it's blocking us from, from looking broadly and really looking at the system right looking at our ethics code looking at our peer review process looking at our task list like those are systems things how is the system contributing to the harmful science that ABA can do if done wrong and we've seen it you know um, I love that you brought that up.
0: Yes, thank you. Those were excellent points. Does anyone else want to share any reflections or thoughts?
1: Don't be shy. You have something important to say.
4: Hi, I still don't know how to
0: raise my hand, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to, I have to like send out like a, a task analysis. I
4: only have the this and the clapping hands. I don't have a raising hand. But so if I ever put any of those, that just means I raise my hand. <laughs> okay, sounds you good. You to update your decision. <laughs> yeah. I never update. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I think I just like, there's just so much to think about after everything everyone said today, but um, I thought it was funny, I earlier um, today I attended the BHPN conference and Matthew Mock spoke about cultural competence and it made me think of that and he talked about how we should really be taking um, into consideration like families and like their like their culture and their values and their beliefs um, when like creating these programs for our clients um, and then just making sure that we're not like, you know, making programs with our own biases. So I I felt like that tied into to uh, this discussion. I don't know if you guys have ever heard him of him before.
0: I never did until today. Yeah, I'll have to look him up. Thanks for sharing that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that you shared that too. Like. I think for me, that is and um, cultural competence is important. But like, I also think not just taking them into consideration, but finding, every opportunity you can to learn about them, right? Because there's one thing if the parent says to you, hey, this is what I deem important, but there's a whole nother like there's a whole nother skill set that's involved with that, right? You also need to seek out information to figure out what may or may not be important before before it's kind of like you want to know your audience, right? You want to know what's important to people and you want to be able to meet them where they are and, and, and also like be a little humble about that thing, right? Um, and, and start there rather than having someone have you go to the finish line, start at this is what I know. And this is what, um, this is what I need you to help me with right so that I can take into account what what else you have to say I don't know if that makes sense to you guys but you know that's...
4: yeah actually uh, reminds me of something else he said that I never thought of doing but saying something like along the lines I feel like I'm not gonna say it as good as he did but saying like somewhere along the way um our culture differences or our backgrounds um are gonna I don't want to say like clash but um there may be some differences in opinions. And he said, like, bring it up as, in, like, I would love to have that discussion. And I thought that was really cool, too. Yeah, I think like I didn't see it as good as he did.
1: It was better. I but, didn't even hear him, but I know that.
4: Uh, but it's just like saying, like, 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 I'm open to having these discussions and letting them know that.
0: That's great. We, we have, I had a few comments on Facebook live. I'm not gonna go through all of them because it would take too long, but um, Adrian and Stephanie, there was lots of praise and like, yes, you know, all the things that you were saying. Um, there's been a couple mentions about um, how we need to do better as a field and understanding cultural humility and competence. Um, there were some resources and conversation about the Tuskegee study. Um, so feel free to take a look on our page at those comments if you wanna see what all the amazing things people said about you. Um, (laughs) So we have a couple minutes left. Does anyone else wanna share any thoughts they're having or reflections before um, Stephanie, Adrian, and I share our like action items? Everybody's good, okay. do one of you want to go first for sharing your, our part four is I'll just read it to be consistent, um, to share a closing thought from the discussion. So um, just anything that you would like for people to take away from what we talked about, if there's any action items that you have in mind for people. So it's not just talking about it, but like putting something into to action.
1: Can it also be my action items for me? Yes, of course. (laughs) Those can be be a model. like them adopt them, right? (laughs) Um, and and I think the reason why I say that is because for me, um, oh, the T's ready. Um, I hope that's not too loud. But anyway, um, the reason why I say that is because I think the first one for me is just be a bit more intentional. Um, and when I say that, I mean not only about the way I'm going about my day, but also being more intentional about not causing harm, be more intentional about the way I relate to others and the way I even allow them to, to relate to me or I perceive them as relating to me as it as it relates to science. Um, I think I'm also going to be more intentional in understanding that sometimes my relationship with science is going to be complicated and that's okay um and really taking time to sit in that and then just parsing it apart for myself but also not being so afraid to share it with other people realizing that this thing is not unique to me um And just, I think to be more open, like I feel like I talk a lot, but sometimes um, I don't necessarily share in a way that is, it's beneficial to me. It's always cathartic for me to talk to other people, probably because I don't always like doing it. <laughs> but um, but I do think that um, I want to be a bit more intentional about the conversations that I'm having and about making sure that when I do talk to other people, I'm not only making an impact for myself, right, just not be so selfish, not only making an impact for myself and pulling away from what they're saying, but also making sure I'm pouring in to them, just as much as I think they're pouring into me. Um, and if you like any of those, adopt them for yourself and use them. But I think on, on this one, maybe because it feels a bit more personal to me, it has to be more personal for you. Your action item.
2: Yeah, I can, I can, I can go. Um, my action items, I think, are going to find more resources to spread out to the community that are are factual um, that are are and respected um, I think I also will do more to be pulling pulling facts and sciences from those in the particular communities um, that I am trying to assist so whether that is you know, listening the perspectives of autistic individuals in relation to how can we do better ABA or listening to black and brown doctors or um, about a COVID vaccine or just anything that occurs. Um, I think those are gonna be my action
4: items. <laughs>
0: um, perfect, thank you, Stephanie and thank you, Adrian. Um, so for me, my action item is a little bit different, but I, I hope for those of you, if you're in the same boat as me and like not really having as comprehensive of an understanding of like the interplay between spirituality and science, um, feel like that's something that I think I definitely don't know enough about. Um, and I would encourage others to take the time, even if you are practicing, you know, whatever religion you're practicing, but also, um, learning about, um, the types of things that Stephanie and Adrian brought up about the importance of like spirituality in the black community and having an understanding of what that is as well. Um, I think sometimes, um, this is not entirely science related necessarily It more it goes in like the practice route, but I definitely thinking back to this is even more broadly speaking, but I've, try to be mindful of families who, um, you know, would have like different church activities or things that they were doing. And we would schedule like sessions and stuff around. But like, I think understanding that importance um, is, you know, should help create stronger relationships with the families you're serving. Because if you don't know where their values are with that, and especially like understanding that science piece, and if you're coming into a house, like all gung-ho science and like the family's like, (laughs) anti-science it's probably not going to go very well um so i think that's that's one of the big ones that i would encourage and then as always encourage everyone to be compassionate curious humble um have your philosophical doubt don't be an asshole um and (laughs) you know like if people say things that aren't in line with science or aren't in line with um with you know what we know as behavior analysts that doesn't mean you have to shut them down and be a jerk about it that's not probably gonna get anywhere. So um, we do have the course in the, the Do Better Collective, the ethics webinar that we encourage everyone to take that touches on that. And then I'm doing the, our first webinar for 2021 on Sunday from four to 6 p.m. And it's called the um, Curious Compassionate Behavior Analyst. Compassionate and Curious Behavior Analyst. I forget which one I put first. <laughs> but it's you know in there um and we'll be diving in we're gonna do like hands-on practice with some of these things like seeing something that's like critical of behavior analysis and how would you respond to that and like be a compassionate and curious behavior analyst instead of a a hardcore um not nice person so um i really liked the comment here stasia but i didn't know if you were okay if i read it
5: sure i mean i this was just all around amazing. And I know you just said that you'll read it and then now I'm talking. Yeah, so you (laughs) can say it if you want. (laughs) Um, You know, when I, when you guys started the talk, all of my notes are so egotistical. if, If that's even in comparison with what everybody gave their information was just so global and different perspectives. And my, you know, when I think about science, I feel like I'm, I'm frustrated with it, I'm, I'm angry right now. Like, I love what I do, but I feel like I'm always defending science. And I'm like, that's one of the reasons why I came for this topic. I'm like tired from it. And what you guys talked about was, was just so much more understanding and a whole different way of where I was. I was like, yeah, we're gonna talk about science and how we're great and like, <laughs> I'm exhausted. And so this was, v- I mean, like really, you talked about a- aha moments this whole thing like I even wrote on my own notes like duh like I'm very um mean to myself when I write notes like oh my gosh like I went did not think that way so I am really grateful but I do feel attacked right now with science and that's where I'm at but I think um I think I you know this is helping my perspective tremendously so I am beyond grateful for that so thank you good
0: yeah. And, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about on Sunday too. Like you, you will feel attacked, but it's how we respond to that. Like, there's no reason we have to respond like defensively and like get all like up in like a stress situation about it. Um, it's how we interpret, you know, those attacks and what we do about it. Um, and the research shows we're going to be a, your life's going to be a lot calmer. <laughs> if we're not getting up in arms about it but b we're going to be more successful in shifting things if we don't get up in arms and like defensive about it so um we'll dive into that more on sunday and that is recorded if people can't attend live so
2: i do want to just say one point to that um and i know we're over time it's fine <laughs> but st- is it stacia stacia, stacia. stacia. i'm sorry stacia. Hi. hi stacia hi um i was I do a lot with ACT, like anything with ACT is like my jam. Okay, like that's my research interest. And one of the things that I saw recently was, you have two kids in the car, right? And we're going to Disneyland and we're taking that five hour road trip. You, know? you have one kid that is acting from a frame of just goals. Like this is my goal and this is my short term. And they're the kid that's in the car like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? When the hell are we gonna get to Disneyland? I want the rides and I wanna see other princesses and things like that. But they had a frustrating ride to get to Disneyland. Someone acting from a framework of their values is going to take that road trip in. Okay. It's going to take in that journey and it's going to look outside and be like, ooh, look at the pretty buildings and the pretty trees or the snow or, you know, whatever. Um, when you are acting from a, frame of a framework of your values, the journey. Into feeling uncomfortable or into feeling attacked, and how we're responding is going to be different if we're only thinking from a short term and like this is a goal. I wanted to come here and you know hear about how our science is good. Our science is good, also. So, like, really hear me when I say that, but just think about are you acting from a framework and remembering what your values are here versus short term thinking and goals up here. And then from there, are you having a smoother journey as you're
5: working through the uncomfortableness, you know? Right, and and that's an issue I have, you know, in my own personal journeys, not even with behavior analysis in the career. So that's so funny you said that because that word <laughs> comes up, values comes up all the time. And that's definitely where I'm at as a person, but I think right as at least when I'm older, who you are as a person and this career, which I've been doing since I was 19, it's all kind of coming together and bridging. But um I appreciate that feedback. That's thank you, thank you. Yeah,
1: can I can I can I say something to you? Of course. Um, so when you were talking, I really felt like um, what you were saying was kind of where I was when I was talking about being a bit more intentional, right? And so what I'm saying is essentially very similar to what Adrian is saying is like operating within your values, but I would also encourage you to meet yourself where you are which is really just in your present moment and being very much so intentional about where you are why you're feeling that way and how you can employ yourself to sit within your values and then take that for your committed action but like don't forget to feel where you are like I don't want I do want you to you know be that kid in the car who's like oh the trees are so pretty but while you're looking at the trees like I also want you to really inspect and be able to diffuse like why that's the case for you right because there are some deeper things that are there that I mean essentially what you said was a lot like what I said like I'm gonna try not to be so fucking self this is this is is, okay all right um right I'm gonna try not to be a selfish um and so and so we're there uh my time is clearly up because I've come outside myself I'm tired of something um but so so that thank you okay yeah so adopt some of my things too and then just just go for what you know like you're you're where you are we all are and we just need to sit in it for a minute and then once we do that we can become get to a place where we're like oh the trees are cool because then you know where you are right and and you're okay with letting that be but also understanding that you don't have to stay there
5: right thank you (laughs) i will
0: say one last thing um um, and I know, Stasia, where you're like, man, I'm never writing a comment again. Um,
1: <laughs> no, come on, please do, because it's so important. Like, I think we yeah. all, I think we all got something from what yes, you we said, did. That's like, what I
0: was going to dive in on. Sorry, man, there's a, there's, no, it's fine. There's a tendency to, um, to have the opposite reaction. So I really appreciate that you shared what you shared. So other people who are listening and watching can have that experience too, because they may not yet be in that space. And, and I, there's so many people recently who've come, who've talked to me about how it's taking, seeing the other person have that courage that Stephanie talked about earlier to, to say the thing. And then they're like, Oh, I can say the thing too. I can move to that space. So I just wanted to affirm and appreciate that you um, that you put that comment in there and like shared that experience with us.
5: Thank you.
0: No, thank you. Yay. All right. Well, on that note, we'll close out. Adrian, it looks like you had one more thing to say though. Are you good or? No,
2: I was going to be a joke.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, hopefully we'll see some of you on Sunday afternoon. Um, I hope you enjoyed this difficult discussion. Um, We're going to keep with this theme. I'm well, you know, in February, it's going to be a difficult discussion on how to have difficult discussions. Um, So that'll be fun, hopefully. And then in March, I think we're doing another research one because one of the people that was supposed to do the research one with me in December wasn't able to join. So we're going to do like a follow-up with him. So um, hopefully we'll see you all for the next ones. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. This was great.